From Hollywood, it's dream time. Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Dream Shampoo are pleased to present the 11th in a series of new programs written by Phil Rapp, produced by Carlton Alsop, and starring Don Amici. Blanche, why don't you let me sleep, huh? Danny Thomas and Francis Langford, who sings... Somebody loves me, I wonder who, I wonder who he can be. Somebody loves me, I wish I knew, who can he be, worries me. For every boy who passes me, I shall hang maybe. You were meant to be my loving baby. Somebody loves me, I wonder who. Somebody loves me, I wish I knew, who can it be, where is me, for every boy who me, I shall be maybe, you were meant to be my coming baby, somebody loves me, I wonder who. Not 50%, not 75%, but 100%. Yes, it's 100% true. Dream Shampoo reveals all the sparkle, all the sheen, all the dazzling brilliance of your hair. Never before, Dream, could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous. Now, that's because Dream is not a soap shampoo. It never leaves dingy, dulling film on hair to hide its natural beauty. And what's more, Dream does not dry out your hair. Instead, its fragrant, freshening whipped cream leather leaves your hair sublimely smooth, beautifully behaved, easier to set, easier to curl, easier to arrange. And Dreen removes unsightly dandruff the first time you use it. So, for lovely, lustrous hair, for all types of hair, dry, normal, or oily, Dreen shampoo with hair conditioning action. Use it at home or ask for it at your beauty shop. Buy it at all drug department or 10 cent stores in the blue and yellow package. Remember, never before dream could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous, yet so easy to manage. Yes, your hair can have that dazzling sheen the very first time that you use dream. And now here is your host for the evening, Don Amici. make mention of the fact that we've received a great many letters from listeners, most of which were very encouraging. However, there is one letter that calls for an answer from Danny Thomas. Call and I shall answer, Don. Hello, Danny. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you. What's the gist of the note, Don? Well, it's just this. Mm. The writer, a lady of middle age, I should guess, suggests that you sing a serious song now and then. Well, her suggestions may be well meant, Don, but serious songs are for serious singers. No question about it. A man has to be trained in the art of delivering a ballad. No question about it. And I'm a comedian. <laughs> I said I'm a comedian. Seems to be a question about it. No, no, not in my mind, Danny. But this lady has an idea that you shouldn't be facetious all the time. She thinks jokes are cheap. She does, huh? Uh-huh. Wait till she has to buy a few. <laughs> At any rate, the letter is very complimentary, and she goes so far as to compare you with Al Jolson, possibly the greatest entertainer of all time. Uh, no question about that. She wants to know why you don't sing the kind of songs he did. Well, he just don't write tunes like that today. Besides, Jolson had a wonderful gimmick. Gimmick? Weenie. Squeeze. That's a songwriter's jargon for trick. Oh. Look, he sang about his mother, his kid sunny boy in his home in Alabama all in one season. That's pretty powerful stuff, kid. That's quite a gimmick. I mean, what have we got to sing about? You know, we can't sing about mother, we'd be called corny. After all, you got to remember, this is the atomic age. Oh, we're a sharp, brilliant people. I mean, we're so much more brilliant than our forebears, we now know how to destroy ourselves 50 times as quickly. Yeah, yeah, you have a point, Danny. So what can we sing about and be up to date? Schizophrenia? (laughs) Or or maybe kleptomania. Can you imagine singing a song called A Pretty Kleptomaniac is Like a Schizophrenia, but the malady lingers on? Uh, I never heard of that one. Well, maybe you'd like me to sing about that new medical discovery, sulfahiathiaparapensinilamide. <laughs> what a medicine that is, brother. Great, huh? Great. They haven't found a disease for it yet. <laughs> but, but there is one subject that is abreast of the times and still has a great depth. Archaeology. Or is it archaeology? Well, I wouldn't know. Are you qualified to sing about the study of lost races? Haven't had a winner all season. (laughs) Don, Don, would it shock you if I told you I took a special course in archaeology at Cairo Prep? No. Yes, sir. I'm a graduate archaeologist. Or is it Archie? Why don't you call Duffy's Tavern? I'll do that. Now, as soon as I received my diploma, the entire graduating class was sent to the Egyptian desert to search for relics. Mm. The second day out, I unearthed a priceless old vase. Or is it Buzz? Either is correct. Or is it either? <laughs> well, the third day while I was snooping, that's right, snooping, around the pyramid, I found an unopened crypt. A crypt? Crypt. It was full of ossified sand crabs. And what did you do? I crept into the crypt, cribbed a crab, and crept out of the crypt again. <laughs> glad you made it. Me too. I, uh, I pushed on another ten miles and bagged the biggest trophy of the whole expedition. I discovered the remains of the great Prince Tutut. No. Yes. Well. He weighed 300 pounds in his sandals and toga. Oh, say, that's a big mummy. Oh, you might say he was the daddy of all mummies. <laughs> there he was, shrouded in his wrappings and covered from head to foot with precious gems. Lying inside this weird Egyptian tomb. Sphinx? A little. But Sphinx. I mean, what can you expect from a man who's been dead for 3,000 years? Well, I brought Tata back to this country and I never let that mummy out of my sight. 
Loves him, huh? Oh, yeah. We finally found happiness and success doing a comedy program on an obscure radio station. Oh, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Danny. Don't tell me you were on the air together. Oh, certainly. We were known as Fibber McGowell and Mommy. <laughs> we had a great program. There was a stooge named Red Skeleton. Skeleton. Yeah, and the, on- the announcer was H.D. Corpsenborn. <laughs> it was a ghost-to-ghost hookup. Sounds pretty gruesome. Well, we were broadcasting from Death Valley. As a matter of fact, I'm glad that's all over with now. Tuck-Tuck was very happy until another station went into competition with us and put on a program called Zombies for a Day. You know the show well. Oh, you know it? Oh, yes. You've heard it? Mm-hmm. That's great. I haven't. We lost, we lost all of our listeners, and Tuck-Tuck couldn't stand the disgrace of the failure, so he, he ran away. Oh? Oh, you poor kid. You lost your mummy. Yeah. <laughs> I traveled the whole world over in search of Tut-Tut. Egypt, Syria, India. I even went to North Africa on a wild goose chase. All I found was a wild goose. <laughs> no Tut-Tut. Tired, hungry, and worn, searching, ever seeking, I plotted across Africa, struggling through the elephant's graveyard. Oh, now, Danny, there isn't really such a thing, is there? Oh, yes, there is, Don. It's legend. An elephant will travel for thousands of miles over rugged terrain, through swamps and the thick, heavy underbrush of the jungle to get to the place where he's going to die. And he always dies there. It's the trip that kills him. (laughs) Believe me, I know. Well, tell me, did you ever find Tut-Tut? Yes, Don. I finally came across his hiding place, but I just didn't have the heart to dig him up again. Well, why not? Well, I knew he had finally found true happiness because I saw a large tomb and a middle-sized tomb and a little tomblet. And not wishing to cause a tumult over the tomb, I decided to go away, leaving Tut-Tut in his happy married life. And so, Don, I want to sing a song that's near and dear to my heart. And this shall be my answer to the lady who can't forget Al Jolson. A caterpillar is a thriller to a caterpillar. The flowers and the bees are very chummy. A cricket has a ticket where he serenades a cricket. But a man's best friend is his mummy. A beaver can increase the fever of another beaver. A puppet dreams about a wooden dummy. A gopher always has a gopher that he seems to gopher. But a man's best friend it is mummy. Why, in most of my friendships with others, I know there have been many flaws. Oh, but with Tut-Tut and me, though we weren't brothers, he was just like my own flesh and gauze. Because a white fish is the right fish to delight another white fish. A little piggy loves his little tummy. An ermine will determine to get wolfish with an ermine. La da 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 da. Thank you. But a man's best friend. Is it mummy? Oh, my best friend and I are say not divided. No, stay. Down deep in my heart, I've decided. To make every day a mummy's day. 
a turtle who's a flirtle find excitement with a turtle. A little lamb adores his honey lammy. A sea bass who's a he bass loves a sea bass who's a she bass. <laughs> La -da 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 -da. Now I don't intend to offend the mammy down in Alabama, but a man's best friend right to the end is his mummy. Sorry, Jolson, not his mammy. Never before dream, yes, never before dream could any shampoo reveal all the natural brilliance of your hair. Never before dream could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous yet so easy to manage. When you dream your hair, you bring out all its sparkling highlights. When you dream your hair, you glamorize all its soft, thrilling texture. When you dream your hair, you remove all luster-dulling film and unsightly dandruff. And more, Dreen's rich whipped cream lather leaves your hair easier to set, easier to curl, easier to arrange. So for lovely, lustrous hair, for all types of hair, Dreen shampoo with hair conditioning action. Never before Dreen could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous, yet so easy to manage. D-R-E-N-E, Dreen shampoo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, during a recent overseas tour, my wife, Rosemary, sent me a little idea for a song that we thought was very nice. And just recently, with the help of Jerry Seelan, we finished it. And tonight, for the first time anywhere, Francis Langford is going to sing it with a special arrangement by Carmen Dragon. The song is Just Before I Sleep. Thanks, Francis.
Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson with Danny Thomas as Brother Amos in The Honeymoon is Over. The Bickersons have retired. Mrs. Bickerson lies rigid but awake in the darkness as poor husband John, victim of an obscure type of insomnia that prevents other people from sleeping, exhibits the telltale symptoms of his dread affliction. Listen. It may be funny to him, but it's not to me. John, John, cut it out. Cut it out, Blanche. I'll lose my mind if you don't stop that giggling. What's the matter with you? What's the matter, Blanche? You sound like a tickled schoolgirl. What are you dreaming of? Tickling schoolgirls. <laughs> John. What? What? What'd you say, Blanche? I simply won't stand it another night. Living in this house is becoming unbearable. Let's move. John, I swear I'm at my wit's end. How long do you think a person can go without sleep? I've been doing it for five years. John Pickerson, we've been married for five years. Amazing coincidence. <laughs> good night. Don't you good night me, you, you big sleeping pill. Why don't you have some consideration for me? Well, what do you want me to do, Blanche? When you were sick last year, did I say that? Didn't I sit up all hours of the night nursing you? Didn't I? Yes, you did. And what was my reward? I got sicker. <laughs> sure, you can afford to be sarcastic now. You feel fine. I want to sleep. It's two o'clock, Blanche. You don't remember how I catered to you every minute. When the doctor said not to let you have anything cold, didn't I give you all the ice water you wanted? You sure did. Almost killed me. That's gratitude. Well, I didn't expect anything else from you. You don't love me, do you, John? Oh, of course I do. Just because I don't say it every five minutes doesn't mean that I don't love you. Tell the truth, John. If, if anything happened to me, would you marry again? Never, never again. <laughs> well, you don't have to sound so vehement. Well, if I said it any softer, you'd say I didn't sound convincing. I don't know, Blanche. I just wish you'd let me sleep. I keep thinking how nice it was before we were married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were so different then. You used to plead with me for a little kiss. Now you don't even think of it. Why? A mouse in a trap loses his taste for cheese. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, you're so funny, John Bickerson. Well, I'm tired, and I have to get up early tomorrow. You just won't understand, will you? There are none so blind as those who will not see. The one time I expected you to break down and offer me comfort, and, and you fail me. What? It's all right. I'll, I'll struggle through it alone. It won't be long, and when the time arrives, I, I don't even want to see you near me. What are you talking about? I'll go to the hospital by myself. You can sleep right through it. Blanche. Blanche, are, are you... Are you... Hasn't Dr. Marvin told you, John? Nobody told me. What? 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 What is it? I'm going to have my tonsils out. Your tonsils? What do you need to have your tonsils out for? You never have sore throats. Your tonsils never bothered you before. You never even knew you had tonsils. Dr. Marvin said it would help my disposition. Have them out, by all means. I don't think I will, after all. Okay, don't. Good night. The only reason I was going to do it is because I thought I'd get a good night's sleep. Okay, do it. Why should I suffer through an operation? You're the one who keeps me awake. Why don't you do it? Do what? Have your tonsils out. Okay, I'll have them out next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Have them out now. What? Go on, get up and go.
and call Dr. Marvin. Let him pull your tonsils out. Blanche, are you insane? It's half past two in the morning. The hospital stays open all night. Go on, let him pull your tonsils out. I haven't got any tonsils. I had them out when I was nine. Well, you need some new ones by now. Let him put some in. <laughs> oh, this is awful. You're deliberately trying to keep me awake. You know I have to get up early and go to work. Oh, don't make your job sound so important. If you take a day off, nothing will happen. No, nothing will happen except I lose a day's pay. I need all the money I can get. I've got to make a payment on the car tomorrow. Where will you get that? I've got it. There's $84 locked in the desk drawer. 60 84 I looked yesterday. You didn't look today. <laughs> There's only 60 What happened with the other $24? Don't look at me, John. Blanche, there are only two people who have a key to that drawer. You and I, and there's $24 missing. Well, we'll each put back $12 and say no more about it. <laughs> How do you like that? Blanche, what did you do with that $24? I spent it. I bought some perfume. Perfume? $24 worth? How could you carry that much? <laughs> Don't be silly. It was only a half-ounce bottle, and I got it wholesale. It's the newest thing. Very daring. It's called Perhaps. Perhaps. For $24, they should give you positively. Well, I can't understand. I can't understand why you throw my money away on junk like that. It isn't junk, and you like it. How do you know? Because it's the same kind Gloria Gooseby uses. I hate Gloria Gooseby. Well, you're always sniffing around her. Uh, don't you start with that woman. You're the one who started it. I'd like to spend one night in this bedroom without Gloria Gooseby. Just one night. She just douses herself with that perfume. That's how she catches all the men, the hussy. She's not a hussy, and she doesn't need perfume to catch me. I mean, I, mean, I can't stand that Gloria Gooseby. But you like the way she smells. I hate the way she smells. I don't see how Leo can live with it, and I wish they both dropped dead. Now, either let me go to sleep or I won't go to work in the morning. Don't go to work. See if I care. You'd have lost a day's pay anyway if I hadn't torn up that summons. What summons? For you to serve on a jury. Why, you can't tear those things up. If I get a jury notice, I have to report. Why? Why? Because that's the law. You can't tear up any court order. I tore up the traffic citation. What traffic citation? The traffic citation they gave me to go to court in front of the jury that you were supposed to serve on, but I tore up the notice. Oh, Blanche, Blanche, you'll, you'll have us both in jail. Well, that's where my brother Amos is. Amos? What has he got to do with this? Well, I was taking a driving lesson. Oh, Blanche, no! Not my new car! It's never been out of the garage! Well, it's out now. I took a driving lesson and paid the instructor $5 an hour, and... Who was the instructor? It was Amos, wasn't it? It was. I know it was Amos. I never even took the wheel. Amos was driving, and we, were, we suddenly saw this other car careening toward us at 100 miles an hour. Yes. Amos didn't have much time, but by an amazing piece of quick thinking, he managed to meet him head on. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. The funny thing, nobody got hurt. Not even the policeman. What policeman? In the other car. Now, now look, Blanche. Amos started to ball them out about driving in the wrong lane, and they had some silly excuse about a police car having the right of way. Blanche. And Amos got mad and hit one of the cops with a wrench. Blanche, and... where is my car? It's on Hill Street between 5th and 8th. 5th and 8th? That's three blocks apart. That's where the car is. <laughs> about three blocks apart. Or it was. They took some of it away to the police pound. Some of it? Well, I don't care. I'm insured. I'm just happy they got that Amos in jail. They can't do anything to him. Oh, they can't, huh? That's reckless driving and resisting an officer. They can wrap him up good. They can't do a thing about his driving, and you know it, John. Why not? Because he doesn't have a license. Oh, oh, oh 
that's different. They'll only add another five years. I hope they give him life. John, why do you despise my poor brother so? Because I hate him. And don't you dare ask me to help him, Blanche. Well, the least you can do is help me. I have to go to court, too. Well, it serves you right. Go on, testify against me. Get me locked up in jail. Oh, nobody's going to lock you up in jail. Let them put me on bread and water. You won't feel so good when I walk that last mile when they slip my pants leg. Blanche! Why don't you get me a reprieve, John? Oh, stop it! They're not going to do anything to you. Now go to sleep. Go to sleep, he tells me. My poor brother's in jail. My own husband's going to testify against me. Go to sleep. How can I sleep? I'll never... How can he be so heartless? Hello. Where's the phone, Blanche? I've got it. Hello? Blanche, this is Amos. I'm still in jail. Wait, Amos. I'll get John. Talk to him, John. Sure. Hello. Jocko? Drop dead. <laughs> oh, listen, you got to come down and spring me. This is the first call they let me make. Drop dead. Don't be sorry, Jocko. I'm in an awful jam. I- I'm in a tank here with 50 other bums. Drop dead. But I got money enough to pay for all the damage. I think I even got enough for the bail bond. Get me out, will you, Jocko? Drop dead. I swear I'll pay you. I got plenty of dough. I, I started the crab game here and won over $400. Drop d- $400. Amos, are you loaded? No, but the dice were. <laughs> hey, come down and spring me, will you, Jocko? Well, I'm going to think about it, Amos. Right now, I'll leave you with two words. Yeah, well, what's that? Drop dead! <laughs> now I can sleep. Please, John, dear, get my brother out of jail. Well, I'll think about it. I'll do anything for you, John. Please bail him out. Pour me a shot of bourbon, Blanche. Are you sure you wouldn't like a double shot, dear? Just a single. Thanks. Ah, wonderful stuff. I promise I'll never wake you up again, darling. And will you forget all about Gloria Gooseby? Forever. Just get Amos out of that nasty jail. Well, we can't do anything about it until morning anyway. In the meantime, I think I'll get a good night's sleep. Certainly, dear. Are you comfortable? Perfect. Just perfect. Snore to me, John. <laughs> Mrs. Toby Reed reminded you, never before dreamed, yes, never before dreamed, could any shampoo reveal 100% of the natural luster of your hair. Listen next Sunday for another pleasant half hour with Don Amici, Danny Thomas, Francis Langford, Carmen Dragon, and his orchestra. And now here is Don Amici wishing you good days, good nights, and good luck until we meet again. Everybody's talking about Dreft, the greatest dishwashing discovery in 2,000 years. Dreft, D-R-E-F-T, Dreft. Procter & Gamble's sudsing miracle. It gets dishes so clean they shine, even without wiping. Yes, it makes even glasses sparkle like jewels. Dreft simply can't leave any streaks on dishes the way all soaps do. Why, with Dreft, your nicest glassware positively shines. Dreft is kind to your hands, too. Get Dreft in the bright green package. That's D-R-E-F-T, Dreft. Danny Thomas appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the human story behind the atom bomb, the beginning or the end. Danny Thomas' song was written by Jerry Seelan with special music by Carmen Dragon. Ladies, it's more important than ever that you save kitchen fats every day, every mealtime. To help get more soap, fabrics, and other items you want and need, save those fats. The need is urgent, the reason sound. And dealers now pay more per pound. NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.